0: be able to do that. This year, Mary Lee has had an injury. Uh, she has damaged her knee, and so she's not able to be here. She's waiting for uh, surgery to take place on her knee. But we have the, the blessing anyway of J. Don being here. And this is a different kind of year, as he's going to explain. Different because it's not usual that the nation that we send a missionary to is under siege uh, when we send them. But of course, that's what's happened in Ukraine. They've had all kinds of struggles there. And it, it's really the specific area where J. Don was working, has been working, that was uh, specifically attacked and where there's been so much uh, tragedy take place in that area. So uh, he's going to come and share about that. And we're just so, uh, just, it, it's wonderful that God uses his family uh, the way that he has done now for a long period of time. And it's a special treat always, J. Don, to have you here. If you want to come up, I will pray for you and, uh, and pray for the work as well. Okay let's pray holy father we thank you for this wonderful blessing of having our brother here Uh, even more so we're grateful for the work that he does in this far off land and all the turmoil the tragedy that's happened there the lives that have been affected in in negative ways at the same time we know that that your spirit works in ways that are beyond our comprehension there are good things that happened even in the midst of tragedy we're Mm -hmm. grateful that J J don and his beautiful wife can minister in that place And bring your good word at a time when it's so badly needed. God, we pray that you'd bless him this morning as he shares with us. Help us to get a clearer picture of what it is that you are doing in uh, this area of the Ukraine. Mm -hmm. It's through Christ that we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. Thanks. Well, let me first of all say it's good to be back in Calgary. I always enjoy coming here very much. Mary Lee enjoys coming here too. But unfortunately, she couldn't be with us today. Uh, She, while she was in, we were in Ukraine last time, she uh, tore her meniscus and uh, is needing to have surgery on that and repair it. And uh, unfortunately, down in B.C., it's very difficult to get into a specialist uh, in a very timely way. Uh, So she's looking at probably six to eight months before she could even see a specialist there. So we will probably have it done as soon as we get back to Ukraine. While we were there, the doctor that looked at it uh, knew exactly what had happened very quickly. He had to do a, had a, an MRI done on it, and he said, "Yep, that was exactly right." We've shown that MRI to some doctors here, and they said, "Yes, he was correct." And he speaks some English. He's uh, the clinic there was very nice and clean, so we're hoping to go ahead and get it done quickly there. it be about they said it'd be about two thousand five hundred dollars to get it done there. So it uh, I think will be worth going ahead and getting it done instead of having to wait and wait and wait and wait. So that's why she couldn't be here today. But she told me, be sure and tell everybody uh, hello from her and how much she loves the church in Calgary and what you guys have always done for us. And so uh, we're very appreciative of that. That slipped a little bit. Don't want that to fall off. Uh it has been a very different year for us. Uh, it's never experienced anything quite like this. I usually come back and we have this, wow, uh, it's been a great year. And uh, it's there's been good things that have happened, but it's been a difficult year on us this year. Uh, real big heartbreak. You know, it's been unreal to be in a country that where the fighting has started. And... Lee and I, too, have had to, you know, take our bags with our summer clothes and leave and uh, leave everything in our apartment and head out and fly away from there. Uh, Still haven't been able to get our stuff out of Donetsk. Maybe we will be able to. Maybe we won't be able to. We really just don't know. Uh, Nevertheless, we are planning on going back to Ukraine. We're planning on restarting the school in, in Kiev, the capital city. Uh, I think there will be some positive things that will come out of that. Uh, We're going to be going back earlier than we usually do uh, because we need to find a place to live and have everything ready for the school to reopen. So that's kind of our status. We'll talk a little bit more about it as we go along. But I wanted today to kind of share a few things that are maybe lessons that we're learning from that we've learned in Ukraine just this year in this time where there's so much turmoil that's going on. The news here, you don't hear a lot anymore about what's going on over there. And you'll hear words about, well, they've made a ceasefire. Uh, Maybe they've ceasefire for an hour or two. But every day I get reports from over there, and it's still going on. I looked at it this morning. They said still fighting in the nets going on overnight. So it, it just continues. And it's, of course, been very difficult on uh, many of our brethren that are there. Many of them, them too, have had to leave their homes. We've gotten all of our staff out of there and moved them to Kiev and to Dnieper Zyrzhensk. And so they're out at least of harm's way. I wanted to share with you just a little bit about Natasha Maluga. Natasha has been really a, a jewel at my side all the time that I've been out there at uh, at in Donetsk, she helped us in the beginnings of the school, and when I arrived there, the school was already started. but she taught me many things to to know how to operate the school she 's a very sweet person, and I have been so proud of her and her attitude when the bo- uh, bombing started, when the war started in Donetsk, she got out. She got out with her two daughters. Her husband has been preaching in Donetsk, so he wanted to stay there as long as he could to continue to help the church and help the brethren there. She sent her children down to a camp down in Bulgaria so that they could have a little peace and quiet for a little while, and she stayed in, in, in Kiev. She was for weeks in Kiev without her family, and I know that it was stressful on her because I, I get on Skype and I talk to her and have been able to encourage her and help her through some of that. But she's been encouraging me as well. She finally got her two girls back to Kiev with her. Sasha, her husband, was still down in the Donetsk area. He was in a town that was being actually a, a little bit out of, out of Donetsk that was continually being bombed. Uh, at night, he would lay there in... Uh, the darkness of his house because the electricity was off and he would hear the guns going off and listen and count to see how 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 long it would take for a bomb to hit and prayed that God would spare his life so that he could get back with his family just before we got back to Kiev this last trip uh, he got he got back like uh, two or three days before us we sat down and visited with him could just see the agony and the anguish that was in his eyes and in, in his life that he had gone through. It's not. It can't be easy for any of these people to have to go through that. And uh, Natasha was there to greet us and hug us and say, listen, it's going to be all right. I'm so thankful that that my family's back together, and God has a purpose for us here, and I don't know exactly what it's going to be and what he's going to do with us here, but I really believe that God has a purpose for us here. I loved her attitude, and it was so encouraging to me to be able to hear that from her. And, of course, Mary Lee and I had to look at that, too, and say, yes, we don't understand what's happening there, but I'm sure that God has a purpose in what we're, uh, what, what's happening there. So we've learned some incredible and powerful lessons through all of this. And I guess the first one that I want to talk about today is the the lesson that we've learned about uh, not storing up for ourselves treasures on earth. I mean, the things that are here in this earth, they just don't last. They're not going to last. And I don't care whether it's uh, a war going on somewhere or a flood happening here in Calgary or it's a, a tornado, it's something, or it's just... We're going to die and it's all going to stay here and we aren't going to take the U-Haul to heaven. Uh, We're going to lose all these things. It's just things. And Jesus said, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is... There will your heart be also. Now, you're probably like me. I mean, I've got things. (laughs) All of us like things. But that's not where our treasure is. If that's where our treasure is, then we're missing something. Our treasure is in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. No matter what happens in this earth, whether it's in Ukraine, whether it's in Russia, whether it's here in Canada, Our real citizenship is in heaven, and that's who we've constantly got to give our allegiance to. Our treasures are not here. This was the airport that was built in about 2012 for the World Cup over there, or some of the games, the soccer games over there. And it was beautiful. Man, it looked like it, was, it would last for a long time. It a gorgeous thing. Maybe we could douse a few of the lights and maybe see it just a little bit better, but uh, I don't know whether we can turn off some more. Anyway, it uh, we were just so impressed at how beautiful it was and how uh, so nice we had had this old airport that was terrible. Now this new, new airport. But we're learning the lesson, treasures on earth are not safe. This is a overhead picture of the airport. And you see this area right in here between these two blocks in red. The next picture is going to show you what it looks like now. (laughs) Don't put your trust in earthly things. Mary Lee and I were so thrilled about this new airport. We thought, hey, this is great to have a good airport here now in Donetsk. Walked through there saying how wonderful it was, how beautiful it is. They've got escalators. They've got all kinds of nice things in there. And it's gone. The Ukrainian Army still has guys there. They have been fighting for many, many months. In fact, the people are saying, how in the world are they surviving? They finally have started calling them cyborgs because <laughs> they're still there. And, you know, it's just been unreal the fighting that's gone on there. But the new airport is destroyed. I had a friend that came into the Nansk after being gone for a while. He drove down his street and started taking pictures because his street no longer looked like the street that it used to be. These were houses on our apartment buildings on his street. Here was a house on on his street, destroyed. And this could be multiplied many, many, many times, pictures like this. That's why you don't put your treasures in things on this earth. This was a big grocery store that had gone there, and everybody was so proud of Ashan. Marvelous, marvelous grocery store. Empty shelves now few people are going in there to get the few items that remain, but they're basically gone. Thank you. Don't want that to fall off of there. Okay. Um, but, you know, what's happening, too, is because the shelves are empty, the banks are closed, the ATMs do not work, now then most of the people can't even go in and use their cards in like we do in the grocery stores, so it's very hard for them to get get food. I had never seen this in the 14 years that we've been in Donetsk, a lineup of people waiting for relief trucks to be able to get some food off of. Tragic because there are many, many people that are there that are left there that can't get out of there because they're elderly, sick. Some of them want to stay there because this was their homes and it's the only place that they can go. But that's the tragedy that's happened there. Marilee and I's heart have just ached over and over and over for these people that are trapped there that are having such a difficult time. Never dreamed it would have happened. Now, unless you think that all of Ukraine is that way, the part in red is actually the territory that is occupied by Russia and the Russian terrorists. And 93% of Ukraine still lives in peace and harmony. Now, there has been threats to other parts of Ukraine, but we're praying that it will remain free. We don't know. We have no clue. We just pray about it and ask God to not let them go on in. Mr. Putin seems to have a heart to want to go on in and take more. We just don't know. Another lesson, though, that we're learning from all of this is a lesson that I've known about for many years but, and thought I knew about, but I'm learning more and growing all the time. Romans 8:28 and 29. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love the Lord. We've asked the question over and over and over, what in the world is God doing here? My sister once told me we need to always, when we're going through trials, ask the question, what does God want us to learn through these trials? And we're also knowing that in those trials, whatever is going on in our lives, what God intends for us to do is to become more and more like his son, Jesus Christ. And so what we're learning that we're having to do through this is say, we don't know what is happening here, God, but we're going to trust you, and we're going to keep on being like your son, and that is be servants to people who are in great, great, great need. So we're learning to believe that God works things out. Here's a group of us in Kiev when we went back. And it was so good to see some of these folks. They're now in Kyiv, and they're going to be able to do some good things, hopefully in Kiev. Here is Sasha Maluga, one of our teachers at the school, who's up preaching in one of the congregations in Kiev. They were having a hard time finding someone who would preach regularly for them. Now then, he's going to be able to preach pretty regularly for them. He said, I'll preach for you three Sundays, but one Sunday I'm going to go back to Donetsk and see if I can help some of those brethren down in Donetsk. But... Hopefully it will help and encourage the church in, in Kiev as well. There's been some struggle in, in Kiev. Uh, there's about four congregations there that fellowship uh, each other, and there are several others that say, uh, all of the rest of you are wrong, and so we won't fellowship with you. I hope we can change some of that heart and some of that attitude in there and help them know that Jesus wants us to love one another. But another part of this verse is that he wants us to become like his son. Here's me in front of a van where we bought some supplies to take in the people that are hurting pots and pans, and some of this was bought by money that was sent from Calgary. But it's just us going out and doing good for people. And as we do good for people, then telling them, this is not us, this is coming because of the Lord. And we want you to know the Lord. And so we try to help them to understand. This was supply, supplies that uh, was sent, bought by some of the funds in Calgary. There's some heaters there that was there back in the back. There was a freezer there that was needed in one of these refugee centers because they're needing to be able to help people. And so we had asked and, and said, let's take those there. This particular place is a place where they have a number of women that have come there because they were pregnant. They needed to safe place to have their babies some of them had little babies and needed a safe place their husbands may be back in Donetsk or Lugansk or some one of the other cities and they're there but they're in safe place where they can keep warm and have food and be taken care of during this traumatic time of war here's one of our graduates his name is Alexander Nikolaevka Alexander uh, graduated from UBI and now he's part of a team of guys that are going out and taking help to people we were able to with a lot of the calgary funds buy stacks and stacks of these blankets uh i think we ended up buying about six thousand dollars worth of blankets these are nice blankets thick thick blankets and the people are in a cold winter right now it gets very cold in ukraine and so these are going to help people through some of these rough times uh that are there because many of them left and when they left their homes they left in the summertime. So they keep a little bag, two, two, a couple of bags of summer clothes with them. Guess where all their winter clothes are? Back in Donetsk or Lugansk or wherever they are, you know, wherever they came from. So they're needing warmth. They're needing warm clothes. They're needing food. They're needing medicines, all kinds of things that can be given to them. This is one of our present students at UBI. He'll continue with school when we start it back up again. His name is Taran. And here he is giving out blankets to families that are in need of blankets. And he goes out every day and tries to help people and find people that he can help. Beautiful man. He is a great, great servant of the Lord. And we're so proud of him. One of the things that I've thought, you know, and Mary Lee and I have questioned, we thought, hey, we've been there in Ukraine 14 years. We've gotten this building and we've renovated this building and boom, all of this happens. Why, Lord? Why did this happen? And it hurts. It hurts our souls to see this kind of thing happen. But then we remember, what was God having us do there all this time? He was having us prepare servants who are going to go out and help others. And when times of trouble come, guess what happens? These people are scattered. It reminds me about what happened in Acts chapter 9. What happened when the church began to be persecuted under Saul of Tarsus? It says they scattered everywhere, and what did they do? They kept on teaching and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and sharing it. So we've got students, we've got an army of students and graduates who are all over Ukraine now, going out, finding people in need, helping them and sharing the gospel with them. There have been numerous people that have been baptized into Christ because of these students going out and doing that. That's one of the blessings. Last year I went to Zaporozhia, where Yura uh, is from, met with their church there, and they had a church that was just meeting in a home. They had about five to six people sitting around the table, plus myself and Mary Lee and the guy that went with us, to take us there. We went in there and sat there, and they were telling us, what can we do to help the church grow? (laughs) Guess what's happened? The church is growing. Sometimes it takes tragedy. Sometimes it takes problems in order for us to get out of our comfort zones and get out there and do the work that needs to be done to get the job done. This guy was willing to do it. And he's gotten out there and he goes out daily and he finds people that have needs and he's willing to provide their needs. He doesn't say to them, well, if I, I will only provide these needs if you'll become a Christian. No, he just says, we'll provide the needs. But let me tell you about Jesus. And so he'll add that in. And a lot of these people have obeyed the gospel. And he, this is actually a smaller picture. This was when we were there. It's even larger now. They've run out of room. They don't have enough chairs. They're needing more chairs to be able to furnish the place uh, and where everybody can sit down when they come for worship. Here's another young man. His name is Sergei Sheputsov. Sergei is an orphan. He had lost his mother and father at a very early age he ended up coming to ubi he's been there about six months he's still got time to go when we when we open back up sergey was kind of an awkward kind of guy but i tell you what he is a jewel he has gotten out there during this time finding people meeting needs he's taking trips These two guys, in fact, are taking trips back into the war zone areas and finding people who are in need and taking stuff to them and trying to get help into those people that are still in the war zone. I love that kid. Love to have people like this. He's just becoming more and more like Jesus every day in helping and serving people. Here's another graduate. He and uh, along with some others, they have started a foundation called Let's Love. And the whole purpose of this particular foundation and the one who's kind of heading it up is one of our teachers at the school is to be able to get funds so that they can go out and buy things and we've helped with them as well. They go in and they go to the grocery stores, they'll buy things, they'll put them all in bags, have them all ready so that when people are in need or they go out, they can take food, they can take supplies to people and help them out. Here's actually a picture of this group that they call Let's Love and I'm so proud of these guys every single one of these except one is actually a student or graduate of UBI. And the one probably will be a student when we open back up. So this is the purpose that we've had, and now God is taking it, and even though he's taking us away from Donetsk, he's taken these guys, and he's made a beautiful army of servants that are going out and serving people. In the meantime... And all this is going on, still tragedy in Donetsk. This is one of the buses that was bombed and people killed on the bus. Very sad to see this continuing to happen. And these terrorists don't seem to have any qualms about killing innocents as well. And another thing that we're learning through all of it is this passage from James 1, 2 through 4. When he says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that testing of your faith produces perseverance, let perseverance perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature, complete, and not lacking anything. I don't know about you, but Mary Lee and I have had a struggle with this passage this year. We look at all what's going on and we say, James, what in the world are you talking about? Consider it pure joy. How can there be pure joy in all this? God, what are you doing? We don't understand. How do we find joy in this? I mean, we've cried many tears. We've had, I mean, our hearts have been really painful because of all that's going on there. We worry about our brothers and sisters in Christ over there and concerned about them. We know they're in the Lord. We're happy for that, but... Sometimes it's tough to find pure joy in it. But then as we began to look at the passage more, and it talks about the testing of your faith produces patience and perseverance. We're having to look at that too and say, God, you are working in our lives. You're helping us learn more. You're helping us do more. And then you begin to look at what's happening there, and you think, hey, there is joy in this. Here's a man that's, not a brother in Christ, came to the, get a blanket for his children. Guess what he ended up with? A Bible, a children's Bible that he can take home and share with his children, and an introduction to people who love him, that want to serve him, that want to help him. I don't know whether he'll obey the gospel or not, but it's an opportunity, and we're thankful for that. That's a joy. It's Natasha taking clothes, warm clothes, and giving them to people and helping people out because they need help. And it's a joy to be able to serve. It's going to one of the centers where they have 400 refugees living here and taking a truckload of blankets in there and being able to give them out and help people that are in need there. There's joy in that, even in spite of of all the problems that are there. There's a joy in being able to be changed and and moved from Donetsk to Kiev. We don't know what the future holds in there, but good things may be able to happen. This is a seminar that we held in Kiev. Myself and our other two teachers at UBI spoke at the seminar. The brethren that were there were excited about the idea that we're going to be there in Kiev. They said, maybe you can help us to grow and help us to do more things. If we can just teach them to love Christ and become like Christ, then that's what we need to do. And hopefully it will help the brethren there. We had to search and see if we could find a place where UBI could maybe start out and meet for a while because we had a beautiful building down in Nundetsk. We met this man by the name of Sir Vitaly Samodin. He had majored in business. They, he's helping in one of the congregations there. They've got a facility that's across from one of the universities there. And in this facility, it's much smaller than what we've been used to. But he said, you guys are welcome to come here and start the school again right here. At least for a while, we can start right there. They have a room that could be a classroom that could probably seat about 25 in there. They don't have desks. We won't have desks for them. Uh, There's a table there, but we'll need to set it up. and, And they'll just take their notes in their laps like they've done in years past before we had desks. There's another room that'll maybe set 10 or 12 people. And we can have a class in there. We may be able to be, work together with them to reach out to some of the university students that are coming there in the evenings and, and, and studying in the evenings. And he said to him, himself, he said, I studied in business. I've never really had any Bible training. He said, I'll be thrilled to come to your classes. What is God doing? When God closes a door somewhere, he opens a window. I think I've heard that statement before. And maybe he's opening this window for us to be able to do some good in Kiev. We're going to trust him and do our best to just do what he wants us to do. Now I want to close by sharing with you the story of a young man there by the name of Fyodor. I think I've mentioned him in, uh, in past times, but Fyodor is a a young man that this year I got to really know his story. He grew up in a family that were involved with the Ukrainian and Russian mafia. His father had killed a number of uh, of people. Insisted that Fyodor be a part of the mafia family. His brother had killed several people. Fyodor ended up killing someone and ended up being caught and put in prison. It was in that prison that he met Sasha Maluga, who's now teaching at UBI. Sasha taught Fyodor the gospel of Jesus Christ. Fyodor obeyed that. He got out of their prison. He was torn. What do I do? Do I continue to be with my family? Do I go and do something for the Lord? But it didn't take long for him to make the right decision. He came to UBI. His family said, if you're going to do that church stuff, then get out of here. We've given you an apartment. We've given you a car, a nice car, and you're going to forsake all that? You don't have that anymore. We're taking it away from you. If you change your mind and decide to give up that Jesus stuff, then you can come back. Fyodor left. He said, I don't need that anymore. I've got a family that's a loving family that's different. Well, Fyodor came to the school. He gave all of that up. He came through the school. While at the school, he met a very sweet young lady. Her name is Nasia. Nastia was a young lady that actually had been baptized by my son, Rhett, when he was over in Ukraine a number of years ago. They have gotten together. They've now got a baby. They just are a beautiful, beautiful couple working together. His family ended up, during the war, leaving Ukraine and going down to New Zealand. They told Fyodor, said, you can come with us to New Zealand and we'll take take care of you. Fyodor said, No, thank you. I have my family now. He's tried to teach them. They've not been willing to listen. He keeps praying for them, hoping that someday they'll open their eyes and and realize what's important. But he knows where he is in the Lord. Fyodor has this old car. Uh, it's, uh he uses it constantly. He'll pile it full of blankets, pile it full of medicines, pile it full, pile it full of uh, food, whatever. And he goes out and he finds people in need. And he'll stop and he'll help them and he'll talk to them about the Lord. Got to tell you a funny story that happened to, to him. As he was going one day, he was taking three guys that were over there, Americans over there that wanted to go into one of the villages that was in the war zone. And he said, okay, I will take you, but listen, you, you do it on my terms because we're going to have to go through some block posts and they're going to wonder who you are or who we are. He said, I, you be quiet, don't say a word, I will do the talking. He got them through there, got them to the place where they were wanting to go, left them there for two or three days. He decided he would head back to Donetsk. And he would head back, but he was going to take the back roads so that he wouldn't have to take, go through those block posts again. Just as he started out on one of the blo- the, those roads, there was a lady that was trying to flag him down and said, I would like a ride to Donetsk. Would you take me to Donetsk? Fyodor said, yes, you're welcome to come with me to Donetsk. Just one thing, before you get in the car, you need to understand that if you get in my car and we're driving back to Donetsk, uh, you're going to have to listen to me tell my story about me becoming a Christian. She got in. A little ways down the road, there were three men that needed to ride to Donetsk. He looked at them and said, well, you just got to understand, when you get in my car, you're going to have to listen to my story because I'm going to talk to you about my life and the change in my life uh, with Jesus Christ. They got in. All the way back to Donetsk, they, he preached to them. He, he just told them about his story, what Jesus had done to change his life and radically change his life. And then when he got there, he let them out. He came to me later on and he said, I don't know whether I did any good or not, Jadon. They said, but I, I planted the seed. And maybe God will use that to help them know him one day. I said, God bless you, brother. I mean, I love this brother because he just is constantly doing that. He's down in the city of Mariupol right now. They're still being bombed there in Mariupol. But he's getting out and trying to help people and teach people to know the Lord. This is his wife and the baby, that, came, and they came to Kiev. Uh, they came, and he just wanted to spend a little time with me and Mary Lee, and he just said, I just got to tell you how much you, UBI and you guys have meant to my life. You have changed my life completely. And I said, Fielder, we haven't changed your life completely. Jesus has. And he said, that's right. But he's very thankful for what has happened to him. He goes out with his wife, and they pass out literature. They talk to people about the Lord. He's just brazen about that he just glad to do that mary lee was reading a book recently and in reading the book she came across this statement and she showed it to me and she says now you don't steal it i want to use this in one of my lessons i said no honey i think i need to steal it from you because i think other people need to see this you know mary lee and i have struggled at times you know in our prayers is god hearing us god would you open that back up and would you free those people and it doesn't seem to be happening And when she found this statement, she said, this is so meaningful to us. We show our faith in God when we keep moving forward even when our prayers aren't being answered. Or at least they don't seem to be being answered. It is the highest form of praise to keep believing God is good even when it doesn't seem that way. And that was like, Wow, we needed to hear that. We've got to keep on going. We've got to keep on doing that because that's a very high form of praise. When we don't see what God is doing, but we keep on moving his direction anyway. And I would encourage all of you to do the same thing. Sometimes in your lives when you're having troubles, when you're having struggles, don't give up. Especially don't give up on God. Keep on serving him. Keep on living for him. Because he's going to work it out in your life. But don't forsake him. Just a couple of days ago, I received, or a few days ago, I received this from Fyodor. And it was, these are all ladies that he's gone out and helped, that have come to the church, that have been baptized, and their children. And Fyodor said, you know what? I've gotten to where I just love these children. I've decided to start teaching children's classes for these kids. God bless him. You know, keep on working, Fielder. Love that guy. Then in one of the recent emails that we got, and we sent it out in the latest uh, update that we sent out, but there was a message from Natasha Maluga, and she asked us to pray for Misha and Anya Fedin, And I just want to read to you what she wrote in her message she said please pray for Misha Fedin he can call me sometimes but they are desperate they have no electricity water or coal their windows are all broken their documents were ruined by a shell splinter anna is very bad and can't get out they have ukrainian army in their village so it is constantly being bombed by the dnr his neighbor's house was hit. He said some people have been able to leave and he will see if anyone can get them out. But when he called me on Sunday, I could hear the bomb bombing, and he was basically saying goodbye in case they don't do not survive. It's so very scary. I told him that we'll all be praying for them, and he told me that they all all they want is is to keep the faith because they are ready to meet the Lord. We cried when we read that note because we knew this guy. Love him very dearly. <coughs> We've heard since that <coughs> they're still okay, but they haven't been able to get out. So pray for Misha and Anna Fed. That's what I wanted to share with you this morning, (coughs) the things that we're learning. And I just thank you so much as a church for your love for me and Mary Lee and your continued help and support of our work there. We love you deeply. Is there an invitation song? Okay. If there's somebody here that needs to obey the gospel, listen, there's going to be a song here so that you can... You can come if you need to ask prayers for the church or if you need to just become a Christian. The greatest step you can make is being buried with Christ in baptism and taking on this new life in Christ Jesus. So if you need to do that, please come as we stand and sing.